The Beat of Sports, Mark Daniels on uh, this uh, Thursday. A lot of sports media news that has made headlines, and our good friend Michael McCarthy, uh, you'll find, doing great work at uh, Front Office Sports. He's on uh, Twitter at McCarthyREV, and we pick his brain every once in a while. He's been busy, a lot of stories. Welcome back, Michael. Good morning. How are you? Mark, how are you? Great to be back. Uh, good to have you back. Um, look, uh, the latest rounds of ESPN layoffs were uh, big headlines because of some of the names. As you were among those following and reporting, um, what what did you make of uh, that list of names, which included some pretty big people that have been around for a long time at ESPN? It was a very, very sad day in Bristol. Uh, some of the longest tenured, most famous people at ESPN lost their jobs last Friday. I'm talking about Jeff Van Gundy, their number one NBA game analyst for 16 years. I'm talking about Susie Colbert, a 27-year veteran. I'm talking about Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Young, a mainstay on Monday Night Countdown for 20 years. So, yeah, it was really uh, stunning. We had heard that for weeks that there were going to be some names that would rock the boat, and they sure did. Let me ask you about a few people. I'm curious, you know, Jeff Van Gundy, well-respected, and I have no idea why maybe you do about how they went about picking and choosing. Maybe it's because, hey, we're going to take people that uh, were on different platforms and value them, whatever it was. But I'm curious about Van Gundy. I don't know for the upcoming season. As you know, the new TV deal comes after. Maybe if NBC gets back in the game or who the streamer is. But is there a landing spot for Jeff? for the upcoming season other than TNT. I'm not quite sure there's a landing spot somewhere. I think you know, the obvious landing spot is TNT because they're a little weak in uh, game analysts. They're much better on studio. But you know, the real landing spot for him, if he's interested, would be if an Amazon or an Apple picks off a streaming package. Uh, I would almost guarantee that in the next NBA media rights deal, there's going to be a third and fourth package added a streaming package similar to what the NFL has done with Thursday Night Football and Amazon. So that's where I think a Van Gundy can easily slide into the number one role and make a boatload of money while he's doing it. Does ESPN need a third member of that main NBA crew? Mark Jackson is still there. Many people speculate about Doris Burke. I think Doris Burke's excellent. It would be historic of someone landing that spot, a female landing that spot. Uh, But do they need a third person? Mark, uh, you know this better than anybody as somebody who's in the profession. It's it's an age-old question. I mean, a lot of people would argue, no, most uh, broadcast boots are two-people boots. Uh, the three-person boots, you know, as uh, exemplified by the, the original Monday Night Football, is kind of on the outs. So I would think that, that they either go with uh, Jackson and Breen or they, they bring up Doris Burke. I mean, ESPN is a very progressive company. They like to put uh, female uh, analysts in front-facing roles. Doris is certainly a terrific analyst, and she's uh, earned her way into the job. So my prediction is that they stick with the three-person booth and that Doris Burke becomes the first female to call the NBA Finals. Let me ask you about a personality that I don't know if it if he figured it out or people at ESPN suggested he take this route, but Kendrick Perkins became a very opinionated personality in the last year of uh, of the NBA, and as you've written, he may be putting himself in a prime spot for the next step as joining their countdown crew. 
What do you make of what was an interesting year? He got a lot of attention from the whole uh, Jokic for MVP and and, and and things like that. But what's changed where Kendrick Perkins may be in a spot to advance? Well, I think ESPN likes that. I, I think ESPN likes an analyst like Big Perk who breaks through. I mean, when he was arguing with J.J. Redick on TV about Jokic and white versus black and implications on it, it was great TV. And, you know, as you know and I know and everybody knows, ESPN has been trying to figure out how to compete with inside the NBA on TNT for 20 years. They've never gotten it right with Countdown. That's why they've gone through casts and shuttled through one host after another. So, I mean, if Big Perk cuts through, and he is cutting through, I could easily see him joining that uh, show as the replacement for Jalen Rose. All right, let's get to midday hot take shows. And uh, Shannon Sharp uh, leaves Skip at Fox. I'll follow up with Skip in a second. But what you make of the breakup? And has Shannon positioned himself, again, as you've reported, maybe for a jump to the four-letter network? Yes, I, I think Shannon had finally had enough of Skip. Uh, and who, you know, who hasn't had enough to skip it at some point, uh, you know, in, in their long relationship? I mean, it's a show where Skip basically runs the show from top to bottom. And I think Shannon had gotten to the point where he thought he was just as popular and just as important to the show as Skip was. But the FS1 bosses were never going to give him that satisfaction, so he quit. Uh, my prediction is that Shannon goes over to ESPN goes into Steve Young's spot on Monday Night Countdown, and then joins Stephen A. Smith, Legion of the Damned, uh, guests of rotating debaters, and sets himself up as the eventual successor to uh, Stephen A. Smith. I mean, wouldn't that be something, Mark, if FS1 looks across uh, the dial a couple of years from now and they see Shannon Sharp beating Skip Bayless in the ratings? That'd be something. Um, let me say that for a second uh, on first take because you don't think that Stephen A. wants a permanent person next to him. You think he likes the rotation that shows him as the dominant personality. And he's been interesting on social media. And maybe I'm misreading this, Mike. It's almost like he's baiting ESPN, try and fire me. Or And yet I, I think he and Van Pelt may be the two most sacred cows there right now. Yeah, he he definitely does not want a full-time debate partner. That's why he pushed uh, Max Kellerman out. But I I think what he wants is a little bit selfish at the same time, Mark. I mean, he wants these people to circle through uh, and be his debate partners. Well, he makes all the money, and they get a day rate. Uh, So if you're Shannon Sharp, I mean, that doesn't sound that appealing to me unless there's some sort of promises that when the day comes with Stephen A. Smith, does what he's threatened to do a million times, which is go into entertainment or do a late-night talk show or acting or run for president or whatever he's talked about, that Shannon Sharp gets promised to show. But you're right. I mean, if there's a sacred cow right now, I think the sacred cows would be uh, Stephen A. Smith, Troy Aikman, Joe Buck, uh, Scott Van Pelt, and Pat McAfee. I'm going to get to McAfee in a second. Let me go uh, back to, 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 to Skip, who teased with a tweet about, uh, you know, big news coming in August of Undisputed. How does that show pivot? And I'm curious if he tries to duplicate what Stephen A. has done by saying, look, just give me a rotation of people and let me be the dominant person. Give me your crystal ball view of what Fox does with Undisputed. Yeah, you know, Mark, I'm still trying to make sense of that announcement yesterday. He says that the show is going to go on hiatus for two months. What the hell is that going to do right. to the audience? Right. 
Yeah. yeah aren't, you, aren't you going to lose a lot of your viewers? And then you got to come back on August 28th and say, hey, you know, dial us in. I, I don't understand what is going on. The only explanation I can make is that it's chaos over there. They have no idea what they're trying to do uh, as they try to, you know, move on from Shannon Sharp. If I know Skip, I don't think he could go the guest debate road. He's very rigid. He's very uh, regimented. He's disciplined. He's effectively been doing the same exact show for 15 years, whether it was on ESPN or it was on FS1. So my guess, my uh, prediction is that he will again hire a full-time debate opponent, just like he did with Shannon Sharp. And look, you can't argue with it. They, they were a very successful team for six years. Let me get back to McAfee. I, I, look, I, I, I don't know, Pat. I, I know of his work. I think he uh, has been brilliant in his brand development. He's gambled on himself at a time that is somewhat risky. But I, I'm somewhat fascinated, uh, Michael, that he now faces criticism because of the layoffs at ESPN and the public number that's been reported of his contract. It's almost like there's so many people hoping it fails. And that may be completely unfair to Pat McAfee as he steps into this new uh, project with ESPN, but... What do you make of what's been that whole dialogue leading up to this where people are going, wait, you're paying him this and you're cutting that? Yeah, so it was very poor timing for McAfee. You know, he they introduced him at the upfront as this great big uh, hire, and then, you know, they're slashing, you know, uh, people who've been there for 25 years. Uh, it's also a little unfair to McAfee in that this is not a straight talent hire. What ESPN is basically doing, Mark, is they're licensing his show. Mm-hmm. So McAfee is not a person. It's a company. He pays all his own people, and he pays for this, and he pays for that. So that number is not quite accurate, given what they're doing. And the third thing, it's not fair to McAfee, is you know they expect the show to be profitable from day one. So it's not like they're robbing Peter to pay Paul. At the same time, I don't understand why McAfee is so thin-skinned. I mean, what was he thinking? He's not going to get any criticism for jumping to ESPN? I mean, is this guy nuts? You know he he's got to he's got to go with, he's got to roll with the punches a little bit better if he's going to play in this league. I have a theory. I talked about this yesterday. Um, and, and look, you, you you know some of these A listers that got let go. I know a lot of the people behind the scenes that got let go that no one will know about, and you probably know of as well. And I feel horrible for them as well. But I brought this point up. I'm curious your thought. For years, ESPN's College Football Game Day has been one of their most powerful revenue generating shows. I think Michael. It's interesting to watch the next couple of years of that show because uh, David Pollock got let go. It, 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 it's inevitable that Corso, either in the next year or two, will either retire or take a deep step back with you know very few appearances. It's no secret right. Herb Street does not want to travel anymore since he's added Amazon and when the football game is on a different site uh, than game day. That leaves Reese Davis... There and Reese is excellent. I think Reese wants to do more play by play, but he's there. Desmond Howard, no knock on Desmond, but he's not that power personality of that show. They brought in McAfee, who just from a time a constraint doesn't cover college football to the extent. I'm curious about what they do with that show in the next couple of years, which is going to go through a transformation of personalities. I my think it's going to become the Pat McAfee show for all the reasons you just laid out. Uh, you know, Corso is not getting any younger, and his um, uh, appearance is going to go down and down. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, uh, Herb Street loves McAfee. You know, he's publicly stated what a big fan of his. So I think he'd be fine with stepping back a little. And I, I think when you look at the Pollock and even the Gene Ward-Bohosky moves, yeah. you know what I mean, both getting laid off, 
it's designed to give more airtime to Pat McAfee. I mean, this guy has done a tremendous job of uh, building friends in high places. I mean, he's on a first-name basis with Jimmy Pitaro. He's on a first-name basis with Bob Iger, the chairman of Disney. You know, he can call up these people and get whatever he wants done done. I mean, there's very few talents at ESPN or anywhere, for that matter, who can do that. But McAfee's a genius at that. Here's my last one. Uh, I can't take credit because I can't prove it, but I remember telling somebody a couple years ago, and I became an F1 fan from the Netflix show during the pandemic, and I'm hooked on it, but somebody once said, give me the American equivalent of a show like that, and I didn't say a sport, and we watched what the PGA's done and tennis, and I said if anybody ever followed the Cowboys and Jerry Jones, it would be gold. Michael, I ended up being right, but I can't prove it, but... but as you report, that's a massive deal, a $50 million deal, and you know Jerry is going to eat this up. And uh, maybe they're just part of the glut of shows like this, but my guess is he'll make it fascinating, that Jones will do things to make it fascinating. Am I wrong? Yes. I, I mean, I, I see this as being the last dance part, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, this was the last great sports dynasty, you know, before the Internet era and before social media where, you know, it was like anything goes. You know, we've all heard the crazy stories, the sex, drugs, rock and roll, the groupies, everything else. So uh, I think it's going to be a wild tale. Um, yeah, I can't wait to watch it. You know, will it be, you know, as great as uh, The Last Dance? Well, nothing could be as great as The Last Dance because that came out during the pandemic when we were starved for sports. But I, I can't wait to see it. Uh, Michael is uh, on Twitter. Uh, he's at M McCarthy R E V. Follow his work there. There's a great work they do at uh, Front Office Sports. Always good catching up, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jerry Jones is the only owner in professional sports that has a press conference after every game. Yeah. And Jerry never misses that press conference <laughs> after every game, win or lose, because he loves the attention. And uh, Netflix is going to do behind the scenes, uh, full access. It's going to be so golden. And even though the Cowboys have done, you know, um, what's the NFL's uh, show? Uh, Hard Knocks. Even the Cowboys have done it years past. Uh, you know, as they sat down and did the pitch, I mean, okay, you could get somebody behind the scenes of Dak in a meeting, but Jerry Jones is going to make this about That's, him. He's the draw. And he will take you and... I I've no doubt Jerry would be like you know let's cut that again let me right absolutely I mean, it, it just and I <laughs> and I said this like or hate the Dallas Cowboys um, I respect Jerry Jones perfect no he's a flawed man we're all flawed people uh, but Jerry Jones changed a lot of the NFL that's been worth billions to NFL owners yeah but I think Jerry sees this as oh this is going to be good it's oh, it, about it, me it is yeah. and, and it has the potential to bring the let the Cowboys win something yeah and it has the potential to bring them back to being America's team again. Fifty million. It's crazy. Fifty. I was thinking about what you were saying about Stephen A. Yeah. Um, did you see his lament on? Well, I was looking at it on Threads. I don't know if you're on Threads yet. I, I, I guess if you're not, you're not cool today. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. But he was lamenting not being invited to the white party. Everybody was invited to the white party, but him. I did see that. Um. <laughs> I, I again. I don't mind Stephen A. I think some of it is such an act sometimes. Yeah. I respect what he's built, but I do think he's almost on this, you know, the last couple posts, almost like I dare them to fire me and I'll be fine without them. And it's like, dude, 
you got a good gig. Just, yeah. just you know, I, I know it's hard when you see people around you lose their job, but it's like, you know. And never underestimate how far you can fall from grace when you don't have the machine behind you. Like, there's a lot of people that thought they would be just fine once they left. I'll go on my own and you'll see what happens. Yeah. Like, yeah. Be careful. Exactly. Be careful. Uh, Cam Meller's weekly college football visit is next.